Hello everyone, welcome to the 13th episode of Movies Are Us. My name is Sashi Mukherjee and in this series, I talk to people from different walks of life, different uh, parts of the country and the world, different professional backgrounds and understand how movies make a difference in their personal and professional lives. Today, my guest is Jayasmita Datta Roy. She is a history graduate from Delhi University. She has had past experiences concerning film studies especially attending and presenting at a conference in Burbeck College, London. And she is also a contributor to High On Films, which is a cinema-related entertainment website. Today, she is going to talk about the following three films, Eyes Wide Shut, directed by Stanley Kubrick, Mulholland Drive, directed by David Lynch, and The Sacrifice by Andrei Tarkovsky. And she's going to tell me how these films made a difference in her life, how these films impacted her. Uh, changed her and uh, welcome Jayasmita. it's a pleasure to have you how are you doing hi Shashri I'm doing fine thank you thanks for inviting me over glad to have you here so yeah uh, the right now as you said you're in Delhi uh, could you just like give me an uh, understanding about your life like what's happening in Delhi and what are you up to how's life these so days? basically I uh, came to Delhi when I had to pursue my graduation. I completed my graduation from Delhi University, Lady Shyam College. Then I went to DU, uh, Faculty of Arts, where I studied ancient Indian history. Then I was engaged in a couple of jobs, basically in the professional world. I worked in the social development sector. Then I went into the writing industry in paperpedia. And right now I'm working in DG Versal as a quality check expert. So yeah. My okay. aspiration, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you were saying something. Please go on. My aspirations include like maybe pursuing my PhD in either film studies or gender studies. So this is something is my aspiration I aspire to do. Cool. That's, that's amazing. Like uh, you've done a lot of stuff and you're very clear about what you also want to do. Uh, can, you, can you tell me like uh, how did the love for films begin? How did you fall in love with cinema? It's very interesting because when I was little, when I was young, whenever I was going to school, I did not perceive films as something like that needs to be reviewed or analyzed or, you know, something that you can actually go deeper into and watch and consume in a different way. So I was mostly into films. Like I saw films as modes of entertainment just to laugh or just to spend time or anything. Basically, when I came to college, I met a lot of people some of my friends, they introduced me to films. Also, I also got to know how, like, when you view film, when you consume a movie, like, basically, it has to be on the basis of a director. Like, which di- director you actually esp- like or admire and the style of directing as well as the way they perceive the characters, their storyline, their plot line, the peculiarities, the idiosyncrasies which are associated with every person, every mm-hmm. director every storyline, their way of directing, their mastery of, over direction in their respective ways. So that inspired me a lot. That made me very interested. And actually, I started to perceive film as a discipline and more than over a mode of entertainment. That was very eye-opening for me. Yeah, that that's interesting and quite relatable as well. Like, I, I think like every, uh, like a l- lot of Indians should relate to that, that we start watching films as a source of entertainment and then start delving deeper into them 
as we exactly get into college or in film studies or whatever so yeah uh, do you also want to make films like because you're so interested and you are so uh, like you carefully analyze and understand films do you also want to get to behind the camera and make it some day see i'm mostly interested in writing a film maybe not making a movie but actually interested in reviewing the movies that have already been made analyze those films connect the dots together like i just now you said the three films i'm interested in i find a lot of similarities between films by kubrick and films by lynch so basically i want to get people know my perspective about the films that they have been watching i don't know whether i'll make a very good filmmaker or not i'm not sure about that okay so, so yeah yeah like uh, you, you want to review you said you want to review could you I, also I tell i like me? reviewing films i like writing about them i like connecting the dots together weaving together the dots so also maybe explore the unanswered questions that we find in many films from many directors so yeah i just see it as an academic discipline movie that's amazing and also yeah 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 you could go on like i'll i'll keep commenting Yeah, beach, so beach, I was in okay. academic discipline, as in, like for example, that day I was watching Solaris, and I had to write a review on Andrei Tarkovsky films. So, mm. so many reviews and people. There were critics who were actually drawing on philosophies by John Locke as well as by Nietzsche. So you see how so many things you can actually relate and associate with a particular scene or a particular film. or maybe the with the emotions that the characters are going through the directors do it best what we what i want to do is actually try to relate it or try to contextualize them within a particular philosophy or ideology mm-hmm. or any other thing so this is something i enjoy doing i like writing about movies that are already been made but as a filmmaker as an innovator i am not sure if i'm going to do well okay that so, that's interesting writing about films uh, maybe it's also a part of the work that you do on high on films and uh, okay. since we are already talking about film criticism i have a lot of i i keep thinking about film criticism a lot because i think it is a very uh, very very special and responsible job uh, but there has been there are a, a lot of debates around film criticism nowadays like in india uh recently there has been something a uh, kind of a twitter war uh, between actors and film critics regarding a certain movie uh yes. this is not uh, my question will is not kind of directly related to that but what do you uh, think about uh the purpose uh, of film criticism how do you define film criticism and how should the audiences or the industry look at it Would you like Basically, to talk what that? I feel is that there is a lot of difference between criticism and critiquing things. Mm. So what we see in the Indian Bollywood industry, film industry, is that they the basis of the criticism, the purpose of the criticism, that needs to be questioned. As for me, you are not liking a particular character to be played by a by an actress who is asking for money to play that character. So in one way, you are idealizing something. so this is when you start idealizing something what i feel for example i'm i don't want to like hurt feelings or anything like the sita character which uh, karina kapoor wanted to play and she wanted to like she demanded a lot of money and that created a lot of criticism 
so what is the manner or what is the basis what is the foundation of the criticism because you are idealizing a particular character that itself leaves that particular space any space for subjecting that space to further discussions deliberations or debate altogether also if we see film criticism it has various colors as various dimensions i we saw criticisms around kabir singh also the film but yeah. what i feel is that like just don't go on criticizing things yes it's a bad movie okay but what mm. why do you think it's bad yes kabir singh is a bad movie it's harmful to society it glorifies a uh, violence talking and toxic masculinity but why in what as in respect and why are you saying that you can choose a particular those scenes from the films and on that basis you can say yes this part is toxic this is toxic because this if you do this this might be the repercussion this can be the harmful impact if you go for this particular action if you display such action so i have seen people they don't watch anything so what i feel is that you have to watch everything you have to critique them you have to make people understand because if you just say this film is bad or this film is very good and just give very simplistic reasons for that people are not going to understand the nuances and the intricacies of that that can be associated with movies and cinema in general mm-hmm. so i suggest like critique a film definitely one has to subject a films to a lot of critiquing in fact criticisms if certain things are like what i say they are not up to the mark and something which cannot be ethically tolerated yeah which is not good ethical so called ethically so you do criticize it but have valid points for criticizing like fair enough have yes yes have those have a solid foundation and a ground for criticizing those things fair so enough that's what well articulated yeah wow. like there was a, yeah like there are various reasons of criticizing it i remember like in the 90s fire was criticized because it portrayed lesbian mm-hmm. love story True. or a relationship mm-hmm. homosexual relationship between two sisters in law and why were they criticizing it because it went against the indian culture as per the right wing adherence mm-hmm. that is not a basis for criticizing there are a lot of people who have criticized fire mm-hmm. critiqued fire they did not like that direction they did not like the acting or maybe they think that the relationship was not portrayed well enough that it can be called a revolutionary film in its own right so yes that kind of critiquing and criticizing can be accepted it's more like you are discussing a movie you are placing it in certain context yes But yes yes there has to be solid foundation yeah uh, does it also mean that a piece of critique is also very personal just like the art itself it is uh, it, exactly about. exactly like i am a feminist so when i whenever i watch a movie gender is the first thing that comes to my mind it automatically automatically just comes to my mind like when i watch any, any film so i say okay this is such a sexy i was watching hereditary like this was is a horror film directed by ari aster few days mm-hmm. back and okay this is not that movie has nothing to do with gender to be very very Frank, it honest. It has nothing to do with gender. It's just a horror, supernatural horror film dealing with demons and possessions and all those things. But first thing that came to my mind that the demon wants to possess a body. It wants covets a male, young male body, not a female body. I was like, okay, this is a sexist thing that has been portrayed in this film. What is sexist demon? Like we, I and my friend, we were just laughing about it. So you know, it's very un unconscious. It's very automatically comes to my mind. Okay, the gender is a factor here. 
so it, even the film doesn't speak about gender it doesn't necessarily deal with gender in any way but this is something which comes to my mind individuality these things come to my mind and when i was writing my reviews on high on films as well as yeah when i presented my paper at burbank so my i took gender as a main main point of analysis okay so yes it's very personal some people like to talk about self and they or other categories or they just like to watch the movie or analyze the movie in its own right like the way it has been made contextualize it and analyze it the way it has been made don't bring any perspective that's called the centrist way of doing things mm. but i take a different opinion different there are various ways to actually analyze and critique a film and it's very personal yes i think yeah. it's very very personal that's very true that's very true so i uh, it's it's fantastic that you are such a uh, uh, wonderful thinker and i'm sure you are writing amazing stuff and i want to see you becoming a great film critic and also writer on cinema and also you, uh, you do write your own script also and now uh, let's talk about the films that you're going to tell me about how these films made a difference in your life so uh, before we begin i would like to say that i haven't seen any of these films uh, so you are going to introduce yeah. these films to me and then explain how these films impacted you let's begin with eyes wide shut and over yeah. to you <laughs> yeah okay so i i was i think 20 years old when i watched eyes wide shut and that movie had a huge impact on me why because first of all stanley kubrick then i think that was the time i was very newly introduced to stanley kubrick films i only watched two of his films doctor strange love and the shining okay and i was very impressed with his direct directory di- directorial skills completely yeah. impressed mm-hmm. especially his attention to detail now eyes wide shut when you watch this film for the first time again there are a lot of spoilers here when you watch this movie for the first time you will actually not understand anything okay. you if you try to acquire meaning and mm-hmm. when you in your first viewing that it will be difficult for you to understand the film in its the completely in its own right the mm. film requires multiple viewing it talks about the plot of the movie is actually very simple it talks mm. about uh, it revolves around a doctor based in new york his name is bill harford and he's played by tom cruise he lives with his wife nicole kidman alice harford and they go to this huge very elitist and successful party in some of the house of one of the business associates who bill was one of the doctors of like he served him as a doctor his name is dickler so when he went there you notice very very weird feelings and vibes between alice and bill they don't seem like the ideal couple that the director usually tries to tries to portray in the first half okay they are flirting with different kinds of people initially then when they come home alice uh, actually revealed to bill like there was a time once when she was attracted to a marine sailor the uh, i think one of the army people and she actually wanted to have sexual relationship with that person that's how she, she wanted to challenge monogamy why not because she was really attracted and was in love with him or something but because she actually wanted to assert her sexuality mm-hmm. which was very very suppressed after she got married this really created a lot of chaos in bill's mind and she got a call from one of his um patients whose father died and 
on his way he encountered various characters like he encountered a prostitute he encountered uh, encountered his pianist friend nick nightingale who took him to a secret hollywood orgy mm-hmm. kind of thing and when okay. he goes there wears a mask and he sees a ritual happening a satanic ritual happening and everyone was wearing masks so he could not identify anyone's face he could not identify any character but in the end he was caught in the orgy and the person who was conducting the ritual was saying that you don't belong here mm-hmm. you don't belong here why because you don't know the password to the inner room anyways he leaves they leave him they let him be he goes again to different places and gets threatening letters and threats from various people around what kinds of threat they the people actually who were present in the orgy they were like you cannot reveal this to anyone else what you saw if you reveal we are going to kill you and mm-hmm. your family in the end uh, when he goes to meet ziggler the person who threw the party in the beginning ziggler revealed to him and this is a climax like whatever you saw it was actually a charade to scare you off the people threatening you you going you finding out about the party and everything it was all a charade to actually scare you off so that you don't come to these kinds of things again you know your place in the society so okay you actually have to watch the movie to get a better insight on what i'm trying to say yeah, yeah, why of course it of course yeah impacted me so much because it very subtly displays and very subtly it exhibits the class divisions in the society in new mm. york now okay. when you see what kind of class divisions when you go to when you see bill initially when he's introduced to the audience he seems as a very cynical character yes he is a very rich uh, person he is a very rich doctor very wealthy well off but he is nothing compared to the elites of the society that you get to see in the orgy scene in the whole okay. ritual scene he is nothing compared to the elites of the society so when he goes to ziggler's house ziggler is a very powerful man he is a rich and powerful person very powerful man and lot of people say that he uses bill for various reasons and he basically was a sub- very very subservient to them secondly it's a very different kind of class system so there are various nuances in this films you see there when he goes into a shop to buy a, a mask for the ritual party he comes across a man the owner of the shop who was secretly running a sex club in the underground and his 16 years old daughter was actually sold off to the businessman so mm. there is an overlapping of the class system pedophilia which is very much present in the so called elitist society and the field expression of female sexuality in the whole movie you see how the women are someone to be seen the way alice is portrayed she doesn't have much she doesn't have much dialogues except in the initial part of the film and the later part of the film everything the camera is always focused on bill and other men of the uh, who are present in the film and the women are either portrayed as prostitutes you see the one girl domino she's one of the girls very famous girls who meets uh, like bill and she's actually a prostitute and and also the girl who saved him in the ritual so she was another female and of course the 16 year old daughter of the shop who was again a female and alice so these characters they don't have agency the female characters don't have agency they are someone who needs to be seen and not heard so this is how this is how the women are portrayed in that film 
the no. men are someone who have complete agency over the females in this sector so how nicely you see the higher you go above the social ladder the economic ladder these things become prominent in a very different manner the sexual divisions the gendered nature of the society it gets even more prominent this is something i found like which is very 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 subtly stanley kubrick it portrays in that film Mm-hmm. another thing what i like is that there is a lot of music in that movie because i already told you there is an orgy scene there is a ritualistic satanic ritual scene mm-hmm. and lot of like how females they are not very going to dress like but in the same way generally when we watch a movie like hollywood film or any other movies we generally associate nudity with female subjectification and objectification like men are the primary like viewers male gaze the whole concept of male gaze but in eyes wide shut somehow that objective those nudity cannot be associated with objectification of the female tandy kubrick especially the director his aim is not to objectify females through portraying nudity in fact he tries to contextualize especially he tries to portray to the audience uh, how in reality this is a reality in a gender division society in a society that is sexually and sexually divided female nudity is a very very common thing and how other people other men within that society they portray that this particular nudity and other kinds of things as being uh, and they associate it with subordination this is not for the audience this is just for to showing the audience how this is a reality in a very very gender uh, gender divided and sexually divided society i hope you are understanding yes yes to. yes i am yeah. i am same am. goes for clockwork orange like you see there is so much of violence in clockwork orange if you have watched that film there is a lot of violence but yes i have seen that film by violence yeah so you can understand how there is so much of violence in clockwork orange too much of violence but he does not glorify violence he is simply portraying and presenting the reality to the audience like yes alex is bad he's he does all these things but this is not like we are trying to glorify violence or make people go you know this is not a voyeuristic approach to violence mm-hmm. this is something you will just watch it and understand this is the reality this is what bad people and delinquents do so same thing goes with eyes washer when you see the nudity this is what happens in the so called elite society especially one that is very very sexist very patriarchal mm-hmm. this I, is how they portray women yeah secondly yeah. okay go you just leave aside set aside all this uh, patriarchy and everything else if you just uh, you just see the immense amount of symbolisms in that movie mm-hmm. the movie just does not run out of symbolisms there are so many things for example the first of all people say and it's a very controversial opinion is the illuminati thing the whole concept of illuminati so when you see bill like going through uh, or just walking around his room behind him there is a curtain in the symbol of triangle i guess mm-hmm. which is the symbol of illuminati so also illuminati is like the new world order and how females are will be reduced to sexual object that is one of the goals of the so called illuminati so some people associate the films with film with that secondly there are numerous symbolisms of symbols which is associated which actually highlights pedophilia in this film which is one of the main themes in that movie mm-hmm. first of all when you see bill's daughter sleeping on the bed or just on top of her bed there is a subliminal image of sex to them like you cannot see it but you a viewer has to properly watch it 
in order to see that image also the in the ritual scene the person the masks that the person is wearing that mask is actually what i say kind of a devil related mask the mask that the devil wears in the masonry the freemasonry so those kinds of things are something which are which is prevalent throughout the movie also yes. the names of the people like the name of the prostitute that bill meets on the way to the ritual scene is domino but domino is actually a venetian mask if you see domino it's a kind of venetian mask you later on see people wearing masks and hiding identities and also yeah identity is one of the main thing which i found the movie it's very appealing which was mm-hmm. very appealing to how people are constantly negotiating with their identities you see bill he is a family person but when he goes out of the house when he goes to the ritual scene he is who is he is a person who is constantly trying to struggle with his identity whether he wants to go out with other women whether he wants to participate in these kinds of orgies or he wants to stay back at home come home and talk to his wife about whatever had happened also the people who were present at the parties you never know they are like can you get to see the movie you'll see it you'll get to see like how it is revealed that they are very powerful people like people who are related to hollywood people who are extremely rich and powerful but they are again negotiating with their identities to on the society they are maintaining a very dignified image but when they are actually participating in the orgy they are just doing something which is the opposite so that is something it's again it's not a very movie that you can actually understand while when you watch it for the first time it's something mm-hmm. you have to live something you have to experience something you have to like uh, analyze constantly like alice has a lot of dimension alice is a very interesting character in the film she is bill's wife but a lot of people say she is a person who is holding the thread so she was the one who manipulated bill to go out of the house and she said can she accuse him of so many things in the beginning there's a scene when they get high get stoned and alice starts accusing bill and talks about her own personal feelings for a sailor a navy officer so she was the one who manipulated bill to go out in the first place so she was a master manipulator but again there are interpretations that the film was alice's dream and it's not true so there are so many imagery mm-hmm. so many symbolisms everything just weaves together everything can be connected together to say like how the film is an excellent masterpiece by stanley kubrick it shows how the elites it shows the bad side of the elites it shows mm-hmm. the ugly side of the elites that they don't want to reveal to the society they don't want to reveal how they exploit the poor you see how the uh, daughter of that shop owner she was exploited sexually exploited of course her father was responsible for that she he sold her daughter to the rich people he was running a sex club underneath so you understand how the rich are exploiting the poor and how the poor are giving away in this case i also tried to draw some parallel like it's the poor who are and the rich people so poor are something who exist to be used by the rich people and the rich people who are the main objects the subject in the movie so basically they are someone who use them they are the they have the agency to do something and the yes and the so called others are the economically disadvantaged people same if you try to parallel it with the gender theme you see how men are the agent and the female are the object 
the females are something who are who exist to be used in that films but the men who use them so you see if we try to conclude something from this parallel analysis you see how women are in the society how kubrick is trying to portray that females are actually treated badly in the society even by in the elitist network they are treated mm-hmm. badly they are the disadvantaged sections just like the poor people they are disadvantaged and used by the rich people women are disadvantaged and vice versa uh, poor people they are feminized where rich are masculinized in the film so yes there are so many parallels you can draw so many mm-hmm. dots you can connect to see yes and of course it was a very controversial film like a lot of people say like the warner brothers they did not do these that in the because it was an uncut version what we see is a complete a cut version much more sterilized version of what stanley actually wanted to produce mm-hmm. or okay. present to the audience mm-hmm. yeah yeah and this is eyes wide shot of course i have way more things to say about eyes wide shot but again eyes wide shot is a kind of film you actually cannot speak in in one go there are so mm. many various so many nuances that you need to point out like what, what was the point of this scene there yeah. are so many interpretations that can be drawn alice is some somehow associated with alice in wonderland like mm. she Amazing. and that is one of the reason because in the movie she constantly looks at the camera she constantly looks at the camera and she's uh, not sorry she constantly looks at the mirror she sees her own reflection in the mirror she changes her dress she dresses in front of the mirror she sees herself in front of the mirror similar to that of alice in wonderland alice in alice in wonderland so a lot of people say maybe it's her fantasy and alice also reveals her fantasy to have sex with a to with an army sailor man like navy person a navy officer who naval officer who she got very very attracted to at a, at one of the events and she tells bill and bill gets very upset so this maybe the whole film was her fantasy that is one of the interpretations but which i do not particularly buy i think it's way more than that but again when kubrick puts something in his films it's like it's on purpose even if there is a mistake it's there on purpose mm-hmm. it has some significance so throughout the film you see the things are kept here and there maybe the shelf is kept on the mm. drawing room on the next scene you see the shelf is there behind somewhere somehow the bookshelf and the mirror is getting getting connected it's being together but the in the previous scene you saw these uh, objects were placed separately but these also have some significance because kubrick there's this is no mistakes the kubrick doesn't do mistakes <laughs> yeah. without any purpose that is one of the very very i think common things i i guess that is with every yeah, yeah. great filmmaker like yeah everything especially is especially when when it comes to like directorial especially if you see shining also like shining and eyes wide shut i think these two films were symbolism when you talk about symbolisms these two films should come to your mind first because there is an immense amount of symbolisms in those films and they are like accurately and you know deliberately placed there the objects are deliberately placed there just because they wanted to make some uh, some point or they have some significance in the film yeah yeah so that goes for eyes wide shot down next is mulholland drive which i want to talk about yeah by david lynch could i just uh, bring in a little yeah, uh, yeah. so yeah yeah please yeah so uh, like could we talk uh, more about how it might have personally impacted you like 
personally impacted because i was i this is a some a story from your personal film. life that goes with no, the no, film no, uh, no personal life but like it was the first time when i watched a story yeah. when where i could not comprehend anything in the first place mm-hmm. so yeah it was very challenging to me it it was very challenging for me because i could not comprehend anything and being a huge film buff whenever i watch something i was like okay i always come up with explanations that interpretations mm-hmm. and they seem to work out pretty well like okay this might be the reason this might just be the reason but this is a very personal thing like i could not understand anything and it was very unsettling for me when i first when i watched this film for the first mm-hmm. time so when i first watched it i remember it was my exam day i think two days later and i spent three hours just analyzing the film like what does it <laughs> what does it represent yeah i was that enamored with the film and i was so so obsessed with this movie also this is the first time i had heard about conspiracy theories when i first watched this film i mm. heard about conspiracy theories a lot so i was researching a lot about uh, you know mk ultra and those kinds of things okay conspiracy theories surrounding Bramford and Rosemary's Baby and so many conspiracy theories in Hollywood. So when I first watched this one, it was a huge impact on me. I tried to perceive it from that perspective. Yeah, this might mm. be an Illuminati. It might just be some kind of mind-controlling thing going on. So yes, on personal level, yeah, I cannot say I can relate to this film on a personal level, but yeah, it had a great impact on me. Yeah, yeah. That because, yeah. Yes. It, yeah. it kind of changed my perception about films in general. Like That's I did wonderful. not get bored for a moment here. Eyes Wide Shut was that that amazing. That's wonderful. That, that, that's a it. lovely story. That exam story that yeah. you brought up. <laughs> exactly. It was much more interesting <laughs> than studying for exams. Yeah, it often and happens, right? Like every yeah. time there's an exam, you end up watching, binging a series or watching a great film or uh, end up reading a novel. Generally, what happens is that I am I am so scared. I feel so scared with just right before the exams that I do not have the guts. I never had the guts or never had the courage to actually go for another. Even if I had watched a film, I generally did not pay. I did not concentrate much on that. But Eyes Wide Shut had a different influence on me, different impact on me. Because throughout the film, you just it just your keeps you for asking like makes the audience ask for like what is going on, and that happened with me. So yes, I can relate to that in that way. Not in a personal level, no. Yeah, that that's fine. I guess like story around the film. I I think that's um, it's not possible to relate to every film, um, but yeah, a story around it which uh, actually affected your. personal life i think that's that's a great enough thing to talk about in this podcast maybe we should move on to the next one malhol and drive by david lynch and uh, that is let yeah. us tell me if if there is a personal connection that you had with this film see there is again no personal connection if even malhol and drive it's okay so what i uh, why that film had impact, had a, such a great impact on me because it revolves around dream and it has been presented in such a realistic manner okay like, just one I more thing know. let's try not to uh, reveal the story uh, yeah much. yeah okay okay <laughs> cool. no 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 i'm not trying to reveal the story but uh, like there are certain parts of the story which i need to save like which yes, i talked yes, about in order go, to draw some connection because it yeah. actually the way dreams are presented in that film like when you when we watch a dream so we see the inconsistencies yes we see something we see ourselves as other characters yes. we see people we like as some as 
being portrayed as different characters people mm. be disliked with portrayed in different characters and certain things which do not just add up don't make sense at all yeah when we dream this is a very common phenomenon which is can be associated with dream while honan drive is more or less similar so what actually impacted me like what actually mm-hmm. draws me to malhonan drive the most is the exploration of self identity mm. like we do we even know who we are as a person or we yearn to be a different person like why do we yearn yeah, to be a different person what are the yeah what are the situations first of all i might have faced something really terrible in the past or mm. in the present present for so called so do i like that or do i create an idealized version of myself in my fantasy or if i see those idealized version of myself in my dreams it happens to many people so how do you explore how do you negotiate with your identity again negotiation and struggling with identity it's also mm. very much present in malhon and right how yeah, that's how the all, all the three films yeah. connect do they yeah no no they don't connect <laughs> so basically okay. again i told you uh, critiquing a film is a personal thing so i generally use individuality gender those kinds of things when i critique a film these are the major points okay. that i keep in mind sure so yeah. something terrible has happened and that has tainted my image permanently in the perception of the in perception of other people in view of other people so can i change it in this world we cannot change it so what do we do we create a self idealized version of ourselves in our fantasies in our dreams so yes in that way that is a palliative way of actually coming to terms with who you are so it's, it's a palliative way it's not the permanent way of doing things but it's a it's a source of like it's a way you do things you create your own imagery just to come to terms with the reality of who you are same things can be seen in malhorn and drive secondly yes fantasies how are fantasies represented in this movie which david lynch's like mastery and very exemplary directorial skills so fantasy and dreams are they re- are they real can they be real in a person's life the impact they have on people like how they shape others actions so these are again the things that we get to see in malhonan drive because as i told you like people make when we create fantasies we make justifications for a lot of things okay this bad thing might have happened because maybe some there are some external Mm-hmm. reasons which are responsible for this thing to be happening so when i when i fantasize something i am always at the helm of all affairs i am always the uh, person who has all the agencies even if when it comes to influencing other people's lives i do have the agency i do hold the power so mm-hmm. also the reality versus fantasy like in in my fantasy in my dreams things are happening in a very inconsistent manner things are happening in such a way like you don't get to see these things in reality but also in my reality things are just the opposite do i have that much of agency in my real life or how much do i want those things because dreams if you see if you have read sigmund freud's interpretations of dreams if we know if we have researched about dreams we get to know that dreams are a projection of our subconscious so we don't know what's going in mm-hmm. our subconscious we don't know who we are what we want 
we say okay i want this i want particular i am a very good person mm-hmm. i don't want to hurt people okay i don't want to steal these things but in our subconscious these things might not be the things which are present in our subconscious embedded in our subconscious subconscious projects itself in dream and that's when you get to know who you really are get to know your own idea how you create your own identity and also know who you really really are and which contrasts with your reality which we get to see in malhorn and rai you told me not to reveal the whole story to you otherwise it would have been like easier because there's a character like betty who's played by naomi watts so i'm not revealing much but she is a uh, the movie starts with her coming to the la to you know fulfill her dream um, okay and why because she wanted to be a very famous actress and she is staying at her aunt's apartment where she meets another woman when nasia nasia is a woman like i think her name is she doesn't know her name so basically she doesn't remember anything she was in a car accident on her way to mulholland drive that's the main storyline and now both of them they actually struggle to discover the brunette woman's identity the woman who was who was suffered from nasia and who did not who cannot identify herself with anything else so secondly the whole uh, thirdly i think the title of the film malhorn and drive why i find it so fascinating because the film hardly mentions it except two or three times but it's a very significant part of the film like you uh, this is malhorn and drive is not just a road or it's not just the way to go anywhere it's a very famous spot in los angeles but it's why is it important that it's a point where everything changes in the movie everything t- falls apart and which is a huge turning point for the protagonist of the film malhorn because the movie starts with one of the women the brunette woman who don't seem to recall her identity she gets she meets with an accident in malhorn and drive then she forgets mm-hmm. everything then we get to know how this particular place is the point where the fantasies of the character the dream like thing the fantasies and the reality they seem to be coming close together mm-hmm. they see yeah where the character realizes like what she idolizes to be the protagonist what the she starts to create her own identity in her dreams and creates a very very idealized version of herself which is very different from what she is in reality so yes it has a huge impact on me because in various ways maybe not in, on those terms but in various ways we are not very happy with who we are in certain mm-hmm. aspects i'm not saying that we are not happy with who we are generally yes we do things we move on and everything but we crave for different things we crave different things in our everyday life because you know it's human nature you are not always satisfied with everything you have we maybe we thought okay this incident okay it happened because of me maybe if i had if i was famous or if i if something good had happened at that point maybe my life would have been a little different from what it is so generally all of us we aspire to be a better for better better version of ourselves that happened a mm-hmm. more a, a version of ourselves that is i think preferred and idolized and venerated by people even more than how, how they actually seem to perceive you now mm-hmm. so yes this happened like how, how can i draw my personal life instant okay i maybe i was not that when i was in my 10th boards in my middle school 
yeah i was struggling with certain things like my own place in school because i did not have a very good very favorable and very positive experience in so middle like, school do you mean that in, you were not like one of the popular students that not popular popularity doesn't impact really? me like okay. i was no no that doesn't impact me maybe because when it comes to studying when it comes to you know dealing with teachers and certain students so it was not a very positive like very good experience it was not the best of experience you okay but that changed after a while because when i topped in class 12 and everything so that changed after a while but mm-hmm. you still you seem to like recall those incidents and you think okay what if i i felt i was not the unpopular kid what uh, not the kid who was like completely like picked on by teachers who did fail in maths because i was terrible at maths for some reason in middle school who who was not very good at what she did so what if i was like the perfect student like the perfect version of myself things would have changed so you know it's on a personal level you can feel those things so it's mm. a movie again that you need to feel and you need to experience because of his visual imagery is is completely excellent directorial skills as i told you and not something which needs to be you know it's understood completely yes you understand completely mulhor and drive is not a movie that is very difficult to understand it's a very easy movie okay but yeah it's it's easier to understand but it's something you need to live and experience because everyone in their respective lives i think they have experienced something that the male that the main female protagonist had experienced maybe not on those levels the whole idea of revenge jealousy those you know craving for success or acceptance craving for acceptance these things people do people can identify people can associate with those characters so yes on that's why i think mulholland and drive is one of the films that had had, had a huge impact on me hmm okay okay well actually i have to see this films you know and then i'm going to go through this podcast again and i'll i think i'll understand a lot of stuff that i'll relate to a lot of stuff maybe i'll reach yeah. out to you then also yeah yeah sure sure <laughs> so, but you now watch the movies of it's course right. of These course of course i am going to for some reason or the other i couldn't watch any of these before uh almost i was about to watch like uh, eyes wide shut but for some reason again it got postponed and so i'm surely going to watch it's all it's available on netflix just yes, watch yes. i yeah the other day i was telling my friend i asked my friend please watch that film and he finally watched the movie and he was so enamored with it he was really really impressed with it i was like okay I, I like when people watch i especially eyes wide shut i actually recommend a lot of people to watch it because it's something if you don't if i tell you the story you will not understand if you watch it you of will course. understand but mulholland okay. drive yeah this is something it is easier to understand i mean it it can be easily interpreted because it's a very close ended movie the whole word there is a word silencio which is used repeatedly in this film which is silence like the film has ended which uh, which is i think indicates that the movie has ended and there is mm-hmm. a perfect closure also to this whole this whole film so it's not an open ended film or anything but yeah but it's complex in its own way mhm Uh, like someone had told me that Kubrick couldn't wait. To, uh, like Kubrick had died just after the first cut or second cut had come out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
i know like again that is a very controversial thing like he died because he wanted to expose the whole hollywood thing like all the debaucheries that goes underneath hmm. the very the you know the elegant face mm-hmm. of the social circles really high elitist social circles so he just wanted to expose that to the society so yeah also mm. this was not the real version kubrick conversion kubrickan version was way raw more raw because you know how kubrick makes films mm. he doesn't means words or i think i don't think he means any he doesn't need to you know exclude violence he doesn't get hesitated to show violence to people the way mm. it, it had happened you saw that in full metal jacket i think and you also saw that uh in clock uh, clockwork orange yes. which is a very famous film yeah yes 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 the is is his version available anywhere have you seen it what's the story behind that um which one of of eyes wide shut what kubrick eyes wide shut there are uh, like a lot of interpretations you get on youtube or and everything else uh, for eyes wide shut but i don't think Yeah, there are a lot of controversy theories also like did he, did he even make it or was it only on paper and so, uh, like what oh, he no, made no no he made it he made it it took okay. him 2 years i think to actually complete get the movie completed completely directed and also a lot of people said tom cruise and nicole kidman they got divorced because of kubrick because the event kubrick was directing the film he kept them in separate rooms and they kept them separately they were not oh. allowed to meet each other and that created a lot and it has such parallels mm. if you draw a parallel with the movie like their marriage had some troubles mm. tom cruise and nicole kidman's character they had some troubles in that marriage like they were actually undergoing some trouble because of i think lack of interaction and everything could else. be could be like today yeah, morning and also it happened in real life yeah yeah like like today morning i was reading about this story behind the making of this film called taste of cherry by abbas kirostami so it is mm. about a person who is very uh, feeling very low throughout the film depressed i'm not okay. going to reveal more if you haven't seen anything but if you haven't seen the movie yet um, but this is this is the state emotional mental state of the character and how did he achieve mm. it abbas kirostami the director had recorded it uh, separately uh, on a on a device with a sound man that mm-hmm. uh, like he was talking to a sound man and he said that look this actor he has a good face but he is not very talented i think i made a wrong choice and then the sound man was asked to play to the actors like uh, like in front of the actor okay and the actor heard it and throughout the film throughout the shoot he was feeling very low and uh, useless and depressed and that's how he met the he, he uh, was honest in his portrayal okay so this is how like this is very strange i don't know is, is this good is this bad i don't know but this is how people artists filmmakers experiment with life to create a certain reality that they want to create for their art and it does impact up interpersonal relationships our mental health and a lot of things mm-hmm. i don't know if this is good or bad but yeah it's very strange it's it's a certain uh, debate on its own it's a huge topic for research but it is there and maybe with that let's move on to the third film i have really no idea about this film i'm 
I heard it for the first time also when you sent it to Andre, me. Andre, the sacrifice. The sacrifice by Andre Tarkovsky. Yeah, that Other is two, one I, of I my favorite. I knew about the names of the films at least, but this time too, I don't even know the name. So, yeah, without <laughs> revealing the story too much, if yeah, you can, there is nothing try. much. Like Andre Tarkovsky again, another thing. Mm. Okay, I understand about uh, the thing about Eyes Wide Shut and Mulholland Drive. Like they are stories which you need mm. to see and enjoy. And if somebody reveals the story from beforehand, like you will, there's there's a possibility you might not be able to enjoy the film throughout. But okay. uh, what about uh, Sacrifice? Andre Tarkovsky is a different kind of director. Again, his films are very much like Two Thousand One: A Space Odyssey. Mm-hmm. Not in terms of content. He hated Two Thousand One Tarkovsky. So okay. it's not in terms of content. In terms of how the viewers are expected to view the film, how the audience are expected to view the movie. So basically, it's not something you listen to. It's something you enjoy, watch, experience, and enjoy. There's You, there are dialogues in Tarkovsky's films, but there are scenes which many people might find it boring. I guess mm-hmm. they are very long scenes. Even a particular scene of a person walking from one place to another, or in Solaris, if you have watched the driving of the car, it may take ten minutes. <laughs> yes, yes. Just yes. the uh, yeah. The I think that's the same with two thousand one also. Yeah, same thing exactly. So it's the visual imagery, the aesthetic imagery. You have to live the movie. You have to understand the movie mm-hmm. the way it is being shown to you, to the audience. Mm-hmm. Same goes with like there's a scene in Nostalgia by Tarkovsky where it's a nine minutes shot of how a person has lit a candle and had lit a candle and wanted to go from one place to the other with that candle and not being and trying his best not to so that that candle does not get extinguished. This was the scene. It was a nine minutes long scene. So same goes for Tarkovsky's films. There are less dialogues. Yes, there are important dialogues, but it's more shots with the people's movements, their relationship with one another, which are, you know, portrayed or highlighted through these movements. These are the kinds of things that, uh, and these are very long short scenes. Sacrifices a three hours movie, a two hours forty five minutes film. The storyline is pretty simple. but it's mainly how the characters they come to terms with the situation how they deliberate upon and self reflect upon their situations about humanity about everything and how they connect their surrounding to their ideologies to their to their own beliefs to the ideologies that they affiliate to so these are the things that uh, you know occupy a very prominent place in tarkovsky's mm-hmm. films especially in sacrifice because sacrifice is a favorite film of mine very unpopular opinion because people often often they associate um, like when i wrote this thing on tarkovsky people often seem to associate tarkovsky with solaris mm. or stalker but mm-hmm. sacrifice i think is a very underrated work first of all it was his last work it was his last film he he was actually very ill when he made that movie Tarkovsky and he it was shot in Sweden because he was exiled from USSR that time. Okay. Sacrifice, yeah. So it was made in Sweden and the actor who Arlen Josephson, so who plays the male protagonist Alexander in this movie, he was actually one of the Ingmar Bergman. He was one of the actors who played a lot of role in Ingmar Bergman's film, mm-hmm. especially um, scenes before a marriage, cries and okay. whispers, etc. so 
this is a movie which is considered as very it's, it's in closer proximity to Ingmar Bergman's movies and not a very quintessential Tarkovsky film and mm-hmm. Ingmar Bergman happens to be one of my favorite directors so yes that's why I love this film even more so basically the themes of the sacrifice and why it had such a huge impact on me is because first of all it completely revolves around how or like all tarkovsky films it's self reflection like the male protagonist of the film he is a professor and he self reflects upon his surroundings especially technological innovation and uh, human civilization he questions human civilization he berates it like the more we become civilized the more we become savage mm-hmm. the more people invent technologies for their own gain the more they are destroying the nature and you know surprisingly but not coincidentally the film is set in a very quaint countryside in sweden very quaint countryside in sweden and that's how he was sitting on the fields and he was deliberating upon how beautiful the nature is and how the human the whole humanity they are destroying the nature like how humanity and the human inventions in general they are not associated with being progressive and technologically advanced but mm. they are associated with being uh, you know what do i call it like kind of debasement debauchery uh, kind of greed mm-hmm. selfishness you know selfish uh, nature of the human personality inherent selfishness of human humanity you of hu- human beings these are the kinds of things that tarkovsky associates civilization so called civilization with so in this manner when he says the more human beings are going for technological innovations the more we are becoming we are we are trying to control the nature the more greedy we are becoming mal- malicious we are becoming he is trying to question the whole concept of civilization itself and i'll tell you how it is relevant to the rest of the film and how it has impacted me i'm coming to that sure. how he is like the whole how he is questioning the whole concept of civilization because when we talk about civilization it is associated the elements of greatness evolution evolution of when it comes to economic uh, economy politics social change literary um, changes or transformations these are the kinds of things which are associated with evolution these elements why for everything for good okay we did not know how to write we know how to write we know scripts we have scripts now this is associated with civilization it is one of the main features of a civilization any civilization we did not have a proper social structure it was very disorderly now we have an ordered social structure this is associated with civilization but when tarkovsky when the character alexander he alexander he talks about how greedy human beings are becoming he con- he threatens he challenges the whole whole concept secondly juxtaposed with this uh, you know against this whole criticism tarkovsky's criticisms through alexander's mouth Uh, like how he is criticizing the human civilization also is there his veneration of religion mm-hmm. his veneration of nature his veneration of christianity as a religion and basically of spirituality so you get to see how tarkovsky throughout the movie he venerates he looks up to religion he looks up to spirituality he looks up to like those kinds of things and considers them very superior to the so called technological uh, advancements and those kinds of things introduction of technologies which we also get to see in solaris if you watch solaris mm-hmm. so basically the very uh, reason why tarkovsky did not like 2001 space odyssey because he considered it very mechanical which is devoid of human emotions and feelings 
he thought it's a very mechanical film you know he talks about progress you know progress so called progress and advances but he does not talk about how the human emotions which are how do you place and contextualize human emotions in that progress so called progress that's the reason he hated 2001 so throughout his even in nostalgia you watch mirror you watch any film andre rublev which is a very famous very amazing movie by tarkovsky is a great film here he emphasizes on the role of religion and he doesn't use religion to like div- uh, divide people or anything he doesn't use it in those means he thinks these things reflect human emotion human emotions are associated with religions human emotions are associated with uh, whatever their spirituality about nature nature is something which is you know it can be juxtaposed congruently juxtaposed with human emotion it is a par with human emotions but the very intro presence and existence of civilization it challenges it so uh, this is one of the things which he not, does not directly address in the sacrifice offering in the movie but he believes in it and that is somehow embedded in that film like throughout the film you understand how this tarkovsky's ideology of you know how superiorizing religion and spirituality to civilization how do you do that how does it happen so of course i have to reveal a little bit of the plot of the story because it's very relevant to what i'm going to discuss yeah yeah please do so, so yeah so and also is nothing uh, like a big thing. the storyline <laughs> in tarkovsky's films is not like a huge mystery being revolved uh, or you know like yeah. that has been presented to the public or that has been you know unraveled no mm-hmm. so here uh, alexander's birthday it was i think alexander's birthday and his wife his stepdaughter his son who is mute uh, who, who had undergone a throat operation and of course and all his friends they were celebrating his birthday they were talking about philosophies they were admiring art and everything else and suddenly there's an announcement of the radio, uh, announcement of the radio that world war 3 is going to be erupted like there's going to be a world war 3 mm-hmm. a nuclear disaster but like all quintessential tarkovsky films the only way the audience gets to know about that uh, about the upcoming or an approaching war a looming war a mm-hmm. looming nuclear disaster is through the shattering of the you know a glass a pile of milk it just falls down on the ground and breaks why because the jet has just flown by the sound is so traumatizing that the milk has just fallen on the floor and it just the glass breaks so that's how not through violence or anything else and every as a result everybody just they go completely mad they go into a state of hysteria especially his wife and then first of all alexander did not believe in god in the beginning the male protagonist he was an atheist an agnostic he had a i have a very i have a non existent relationship with god i have a very different kind of relationship with god but once that announcement was made he made a deal with god that okay i will give up everything i have in including my child my son if you stop this if you just stop this war so you understand how first of all you get to know like how war is a symbol or symbolizes the human inventions gone wrong technology gone wrong use yes. of technology gone wrong and how his deal with god it shows how he is using religion to save humanity mm mm-hmm. 
how mm-hmm. technology is destroying the humanity and how is using it to save humanity and also throughout the movie you see he finally goes and has a he was asked by one of his friends to go and engage in a sexual relationship with his maid who is supposed to be a witch and who lives in a church she he does that and in the end he keeps his side of the okay the war stops everything just stops but he keeps his side of the bargain he just burns burns his whole house and set his house ablaze in the end because he made a deal with the god that i'll give up everything i have i hold dear so this is a, basically the plot of the film but mm-hmm. there are two things. first of all how as i told you how it's a kind of a war between it's like human technology it advancements human made advancement versus nature how he uses religion to save humanity against something against the destruction that was caused by human uh, you know human made inventions man made inventions so this is a very thing that uh, the protagonist was kind of criticizing at the very initial stage of the film if you get to see he was talking about and deliberating upon those things secondly sacrifice i think is also one of the films that talks about a human trauma like at the at the end of the death you know when you are actually the twilight of your life and also you have to draw some parallels with tarkovsky's own life because he was dying he was dying of lung cancer and he was uh, you know in his deathbed when he made this movie so when you are facing death at that moment what you are going to do so these are the very relatable issues like when you are actually facing that you will resort to anything will your will you actually resort to your ideology is your beliefs are your beliefs or are your affiliations to your ideologies that you think are the best are so strong that even when it comes to even a situations in extreme situations like death you are actually going to adhere to them this is a this is a very interesting question that has been raised by tarkovsky in this film and which is true also it has a huge impact on me because of these two things first of all yes in extreme situation you can do anything when you are too hungry you eat anything mm-hmm. even uh, if the items food items you don't like you do that when you are in situations like okay i have just um, 10 minutes to actually finish this paper you you write anything else like whatever comes to your mind you deal with the situation in your own way and sometimes the way you deal with it it goes against your conviction it goes against your beliefs it shows that after all we are all human beings we are frivolous creatures we don't always adhere to what we believe in or what we think people should believe in he did not believe in god but in the end he made a deal with god and burned his whole house to keep his side of the bargain so these are the issues which i can relate very much with my own life and yes it has an impact on me it has a huge impact on me and like stalker also by andrei tarkovsky which is a very famous film by andrei tarkovsky this film also raises the question also like malholland drive like do we know who we are as people uh, as person who mm-hmm. we are as person yes con- constantly redefined with every stage with every event with every event with every, with the passage of time who we are as person how we define ourselves as, as a person like with so and so characteristics it gets redefined identity is something which is very fluid it's not fixed when it comes to humanity and human beings mm-hmm. it also shows like human beings have progressed from being natural beings to being the someone who controls nature 
this is the very thing which shows that human beings are something who are constantly who have the agency we have the agency to change our roles in the society also that things falls back in extreme circumstances like death or disaster or war so how basically the relationship between nature and inventions this is another thing which has been addressed in the uh, in tarkovsky's the sacrifice how there is always a relationship a vicious circle going on the relation the interrelationship like nature influences human made in, invention man made inventions yes. and man made inventions like technology it also influences the nature like the war has been created by technology by the use of bombs by the misuse of technology as tarkovsky tries to portray it and also true but also how these things are can also get influenced to reshape through the use of nature emotion spirituality associated with nature and religion to be more particular in the context of this one so yeah that is why the sacrifice has a huge huge influence on me that's that's wonderful raise, yeah it raises questions which actually makes you you know it made me for me particularly it, it did the trick it actually made me question myself do i know myself like will i be the same person if i face that if i'm at a gunpoint tomorrow will i actually adhere to my ideology and you know if i have to change my convictions if i'm forced to change my convictions and gun point in extreme situations like that will i still adhere to my ideology am i that you know form in my beliefs actually am i that kind of person in my beliefs because i'm not i know i'm not that kind of a person i will not do that i might not do that i might do that depending on the gra- gravity of the situation but i might not conform to that so you understand yeah that is the reason why like the sacrifice had a huge huge impact on me more than any other films that are cops well yes but thank you for sharing so much about yourself your life and how these films impacted you so now i want to talk more about uh, indian cinema and your thoughts on it and hmm. what are your thoughts on the progress that we are going through be it the bombay based hindi films be it malayalam films regional regional films from any part of the country what do you think about the progress and what do you think could be some other changes that maybe filmmakers audiences critics can bring in like indian films and regional films i think what we define as indian films it's something it needs to change because i know a lot of people who associate indian films with bollywood mm-hmm. and i don't see any there's nothing wrong with that like okay bollywood is the industry yes it's associated with india indian movies because it shows indian people it, it makes it shows how people speak in hindi and everything fine but this does not actually represent indian culture because india is a very diverse diverse country and of course when we go when i see particularly when i see bengali films when i see assamese movies yes uh, i don't have much association with other regional films i say maybe one or two malayali films i saw a long back we see how these things like how the way bollywood tries to portray certain cultures associated with a particular region when we see a regional film we see how the films are portrayed they are presented and they are very much the some of the problems some of the issues related to the region or related to the people's emotions they are very much contextualized okay like uh, what do i say like the way 
again i'm not trying to be communal or anything but the way like in bengali films the way you show the the way the naxals had an impact on people if we see a mm. historical film the way naxals had an impact on people people's lives especially the naxalites and the people who had an affiliation to those kinds of ideology it's very different from the way the ball that bollywood will produce it also when it comes to evolution i think yes it it is evolving it is evolving in numerous ways it is evolving when it comes to you know you uh, when you are trying to portray things which were considered very illegal in the beginning like um, mm-hmm. assertion of sexuality um you know uh, focusing on those themes which are which were considered too bold when it uh, for the 70s and the 60s maybe also the uh, stylized um, representation of violence yeah these are the areas where i think the films are evolving storytelling yes it's also evolving but i think it also needs to work upon more because i think most of the films are made just to cater to the to a huge groups and huge proportion of audience mm-hmm. yeah yes and you also get to know what the audience wants they wants to see dancing they wants to see a beautiful love story they wants to see happy endings okay fine this is why the films are made most of the films are made but there are also films which are being made that are, that are making the audience you know deliberate upon self reflect upon the situations that are being faced in the country we saw that with films like uh, article 21 we saw in in bollywood we saw that uh, with films like what do you say top card i think that is a yeah article sorry article 15 yeah i think article 15 yeah article sorry article 15 that uh, we saw that in films like pink mm-hmm. though there's also not a problematic notions associated with this movies there is also movies there are also movies like thappar which also deals with the you know the patriarchal the everyday sexist practices that if that at the receiving end of which women are placed mm. family within the realm of family so these films are something we can say the how they are evolving how the storyline is evolved they are showing things which were not shown in the past they're showing assertion of sexuality they are showing women's agency their individuality like we see in pink also the women don't get to say anything there it's all everything that a man does who advocates for them that's a problematic element but still the question of female individuality female empowerment comes consent the the whole film was based on consent it revolved around consent also the you know the caste discrepancy the caste divisions the intricacies of caste that we get to see in article 15 it's not just about the two girls getting killed and the people are who are getting actually punished for that it's not all about that also we get to see how the society is so caste centric and is so divided on the basis of caste in article 15 we get to see these things and how caste is such a major factor so these th- these are the kinds of themes which we get to see in movies like this also there are lot of films which you may not like which is which might consider a typical bollywood movies like just give an example the current johar films like that student oh. of the year anything yes people have criticized the film a lot because it doesn't have a good storyline but you see the way romance is presented the way there's a sexual tension between the characters can we imagine films like that that were made in the 70s and the 60s yes there's some films were made but the amount of criticism that they received during that time is compared was comparatively way higher i think it was way higher than the criticism and the 
that we are receiving now so we have to see like mm-hmm. okay it's not just on the basis of storyline you see how the characters are portrayed and presented the relationship between the characters the themes that the film's uh, uh, main plot line you know they revolve around if they are becoming freer and if uh, you know more explicit in their portrayal in their presentation then we see as the films are evolving of course there are rooms for improvement in i think that everywhere that applicable to everything and every genre and every country but yes that we and i to i told you about regional films how they are mm-hmm. becoming how they are portraying and how they are presenting and depicting delineating the regional troubles that they are facing the history of the particular region especially i can say this about bengali films regional movies and i don't know much about other regional films because i'm not associated i don't watch regional films from maybe other states because of the language barrier or maybe maybe i never got the opportunity to uh, watch them i would love to watch them but for bengali movies i can say those things so yeah that's why i feel like i won't use the word evolution though mm-hmm. because i think it's changing you can never yes. evolve you can change you can transform but evolution is something it has elements of superiority and inferiority which i think it's very politically incorrect to use that term evolution okay. so i won't say the films are, my personal view i'm not saying like um, films are changing they're transforming from what they were in the past yeah fair in enough that's a very balanced argument that you have brought in yeah like lot of people they i know they say pehle ka storyline itna acha tha the storyline in the 60s was so good storylines now have become so they have become so degraded i was like okay just you know criticizing critiquing or analyzing a movie on the basis of storyline is not enough you have to see how things have changed the romance mm. and the sexual tensions assertion of sexuality even by the so called perceived dumb characters of the films that are portrayed to the audience it has changed now we see mm. openly like in indian uh, cinema we see the drinking sex and uh, smoking these things are very very they have become very common even in the films which are whose storyline is not that great even in those uh, masala punjabi movies mm. in bollywood also can you imagine these things happening being happening in the past because of mm. the because of society is changing their perception is changing that's True. why these things are changing yeah so yeah it's it's a cycle like uh, so the society pushes the films a little the films pushes the, push the society a little and that's how we change i guess constantly yeah. fueling each other True. yeah so yeah that 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 was a long conversation about so many things yeah. and we have come to the end before i end do you do you have something to say that might have got missed out no you, I, generally i don't know no i don't think i have i think i pretty much said everything especially about the three films whatever i wanted to say i took so much time i took my time to express my thoughts and my perceptions about the movies and I thank you for doing so yeah yeah and also i would like to say like films in general a lot of people they see it as mode of entertainment people don't take film critiquing and all this things very seriously especially mm. in india i'll tell you yeah yeah they don't there. take it seriously they are like films you watch movies i know people from my own family that you watch movies for entertainment you come back and you forget about it i said mm. no this is not the way why are films so important why why not only why are films so important why is it so important to change our perception of viewing a movie 
of film why because mm. films have a huge have huge consumers film True. is a multi billion dollar market we have totally. it has a huge a lot of people who do not even read books i know people who don't read books okay but a lot of people watch movies you might not have read da vinci code by Leo, um, uh, dan brown but you have watched the film a lot of people are there who have watched that movie so in that way because when you are consuming things it mm. is also shaping our perceptions in various ways because people like to copy things people like to get influenced people get imitated totally. that's how totally. marketing brands and they, these things they work Yeah, so when you are consuming, you better you change your perception. Start questioning what you see. Maybe critiquing this part or this aspect of the film. Maybe the direction, whatever you like, storyline, the characters, acting skills, directorial skills, plot line, whatever it is, try and critique it, analyze it, discuss it, deliberate upon it because mm-hmm. it's also it will change the way you consume the film. And since we have such a huge consumers of movies, so it's important to actually think like yeah. the way the movies are impacting having having an impact on people so yeah taking everything at face value it's it's not right what i feel that's what i feel you know but but can we really expect everyone to do that no we cannot expect it's a very unrealistic expectations because yeah. our people are like jo dekhte hai like a lot of people they will not understand kya ho raha hai i know when i went to watch pink in a movie that movie theater mm-hmm. so the whole film was about consent how cons- female consent is important how you cannot yeah. just go around you know influencing women or actually touch women or do anything with the, if the person is saying no if the woman is saying no no means no mm. in the end there were audience who were like so you think these girls were not prostitutes are you sure the whole movie was actually The, it revolved around surrounded shattering the perception that women who live alone females who live alone in their own way in their own right they should not be viewed as something viewed as prostitutes if you are associating pro- prostitution with derogation some kind of a degraded profession if you are doing that that should not be done but in the end of the films two or three people they did not even understand that they were like okay so you, are you sure that these girls were not prostitutes or they were okay this was a very problematic thing so you did not understand what the whole film was even about mm-hmm. imagine how are they going to i'm not going to be little anyone or anything but how are you going to deconstruct or you know consume the films which are even more complex in character in nature more the pink was a very simple thing what are mm-hmm. there even more complex movies how are you going to consume the how are you going to understand its true meaning and how are you going to uh, meaning is subjective how are you going to deduce meanings Something. Very true. Like. Oh yeah. Okay, it's your is, own way is, of doing things, but uh, yeah, yeah, but it is somehow in sort on certain level, it seems that you are not paying attention because you are mm-hmm. you are not even putting much effort just even to analyze. This is the thing that needs to change. I feel, but it's not happening anytime soon. It's a very unrealistic expectation to make people see film studies or cinema as a as a discipline. as a way of life yeah. more than more than just a mode of entertainment yes it's entertaining but it's more mm. than just entertainment yeah i i completely get that and it's mm. it's again a, a, an issue i don't know if there's an end to this like it's again a huge debate like if someone asks mm. me that you uh, when you go out or you order something to eat 
go out to eat or order something to eat i would just want to have a good meal like yeah i don't want to think about the ingredients or if there was something healthy mm. in it exactly so i really can't ex- uh, expect people to my non uh, like non film delving friends i wouldn't call them non cinephilic because mm. everyone is a cinephile so yeah <laughs> i can't ask them to think about it analyze it because they don't have the time or the energy to do that they have other stuff to do but again we are the hugest uh, cinema consuming country yes. and yeah we we need to understand how we consume it because it has serious repercussions it, it actually like goes i think it whatever. can be applied to exactly kabir singh again how you are criticizing it's male toxic masculinity it's the way kabir singh is portrayed the way he talks to people a lot of people are like okay ignore karo because this is a just a movie some people are like yes it glorifies violence but वही ना डीकंस्ट्रक्ट करके आप सोच नहीं रहे हो कि कोई एक्शन आपने देख लिया इन जनरल यू आर सींग इट ग्लोरीफाइज वायलेंस बट कोई एक्शन आपने देख लिया इन अदर फिल्म विच इज जस्ट लाइक अबीर सिंह एंड यू डोंट पे मच अटेंशन टू व्हाट इज रॉन्ग इन दैट वेरी थिंग इन द वेरी एक्शन इन दैट वेरी सीन तो वो भी कोई मतलब नहीं हुआ दैट ऑल्सो डजेंट मेक एनी सेंस की बेसिकली यू आर नॉट पेइंग अटेंशन इन द एंड इट्स जस्ट द सेम यू आर नॉट ट्राइंग टू perceive or analyze it from any other perspective like it it is not like only the filmmaker can't decide is what i feel mm. if you want to work within the confines of mm. a studio system in a certain country the public yeah. the audience the the mm. mentality and that's of the why audience. many films many films don't work right you think mulholland drive it was not a huge hit like mm-hmm. mass hit Yeah. It was not a huge hit among the audience, but it's just—it's an excellent movie. Tarkovsky, he never won an Oscar. Kubrick never won an Oscar. Mm-hmm. Satyajit Roy, okay, he's very popular in Bengal, but how many people all over the country actually still who still are there and admire yeah. his work? Aparna Sen, I don't think many people actually they they love and admire her work the way they watch Bollywood films, a lot of other movies that they do that actually cater to their interests. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but because the nature and the content is way more complex, and something which will leave people thinking about what that is, and a lot of people they don't want that. Yeah, and 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 that's fine for them. No, yeah, that's fine yeah. for them. That's absolutely fine. Even superhero films, fine. Like the way Christopher Nolan had directed, I think the mm. Dark Knight series. Compare compare that to Marvel. Marvel is way more popular because it caters directly to their interests. It's simple. It's fun. It's entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. yeah within but so, within the Marvel context also the Marvel formula also people have tried experimenting within the confines yeah, of yeah. Marvel. Exactly. Roots. Marvel is good. I'm not saying like Marvel films are like just superhero. But they no do certainly pander to a certain yeah. like target group. target audience and they want to earn money through their films yeah. and that's that's visible again, and that's yeah. fine again the people who analyze those are the people who like to view these things even a film even marvel films through a completely different perspective and people who actually want to consume and be entertained they are are people who are you as you say non cinephilic people like they don't want to see movies they just want to enjoy movies and that's okay like everybody and has that's that's how and we have everyone, conditioned them over the years yeah All exactly. all the filmmakers who started out maybe in India, 
how did how did the hindi film industry form it it came from nautanki the theater style from yeah. up or northern yeah. india and exactly. that's how we that's where we derived our film from and then it got our people got conditioned that this is how films are supposed to be so it is going to be a very slow process if at all mm. a change happens which is already happening is going to be a very slow mm. process if you want to make a film in bombay in mm. hindi language which is supposed to cater to the entire country then you have to follow mm. certain rules and within those rules if you can um, do a path breaking make a path breaking movie yeah those things are happening like you talked about pink and article 15 these are films which are breaking rules within the rules but if you yes. set out to completely break all rules and make something which no one has ever seen that is another kind of filmmaking maybe you wouldn't get a lot of budget for that because there is no guarantee that that budget will come like you'll recover that money so i think these are two different streams of filmmaking in any country exactly. within the studio system outside of the studio system true absolutely yeah. well well we have come to the end and thank okay. you so much for enriching me educating me i hope you enjoyed yes i did i did and it's so wonderful i also <laughs> realized that you are from my school and you are doing yeah. such a uh, great stuff in life it's inspiring <laughs> thank you thank you so much continue to do Shashi. so and achieve greater stuff thank you shashi take care bye Okay, you too. Bye. Thank you. You too.